Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on Thursday, August 26th, the L.A. Galaxy Getting ready for El Trafico coming up on Saturday. That's right, LA Galaxy headed to Bank of California Stadium to take on LAFC, the second time the two teams have met this season. We're going to get you ready for that game all the way through this game. We're going to talk about the MLS All-Star Game. We're going to get you updated on LA Galaxy news as well. So a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to go through as well, as is normal. World Cup qualifying rosters, all sorts of fun stuff there as well. All right, to help me do all that, he's back. He's been MIA for a couple weeks. That's okay. We got him back. We're glad to have him. It's Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Beer. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going very well. Good evening. Glad to be back. Uh, you know, dealing with this uh, this Texas heat. Is it hot where you are? I heard you guys are going through a bit of a heat heat spell as well. But man, it is hot over here. It was like ninety something degrees at the office today. So I mean, yeah, it was it was yeah. it was warmish. It was warmish. Okay. It was it was one of those where I was like, I was glad I was inside working in an office. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, the AC is definitely definitely coming in handy because when you go outside it definitely punches you right in the face when you go outside out here so uh definitely enjoying the ac right now i, I will tell you a little hint that i learned in uh in arizona uh and that is that uh that it's hot in the desert just fyi oh yeah so, you know who would have guessed, guessed? I, you know, some people do, sometimes <laughs> people don't know I, yeah, before I came out here, it was snowing. I just thought that's that's what I was walking into. Yes, yes. Well, now now you know now now you know that it's uh it's not that. Yeah, but so uh it's been uh it's been crazy. It's been uh it's been hot. It's been cool. We've had it rained. It it's not supposed to rain during the winter time, right? That's not supposed to happen. Yeah. So it, ra- it rained a little <laughs> bit as well. So yeah, we're all we're all we're all there. We're now uh, we are now ready to go. Uh, you got to watch a little bit of the All Star Game uh, last night, I right? I did. Yeah. How how did it was? Well, that, well, first of all, the skills challenge. Say, Start with the skills burying challenge. The, burying the lead. Uh, of course, I spent most of my time uh, enjoying watching the skills competition, uh, and then I watched the of course the All Star Game, the the appetizer to the main course there. So I enjoyed the skills competition. I know, uh, you know, our, our fan base in general is not a fan of the All Star Game and the skills competition. Uh, but but I enjoy it. I, I think that's what's fun, and I know the part that you dislike is kind of the corporate the corporatization of it. Uh, but at the end of the day, you get to see the players that you you know who show out in the league, so they get rewarded by being selected to go to this competition, and they're having fun. It just reminded me a lot of 
uh, you know, when you grow up and you play soccer and you go to practices and, you know, before practice starts, there's a trash can on the field. You're trying to kick the ball in the trash can or you stay later after practice and you're trying to, you know, hit free kicks and, and hit crossbars and hit posts. It just reminded me of that and the soccer being fun. So I thought I thought it was a fun competition. There were some drills that were were duds and some that were better than others. The the crossbar challenge at the end. Uh, I thought, man, they they have to get to 25. They have to hit like eight crossbars to initiate the final round. And I was like, man, this is going to take a while. But once it got towards the end, right. it was actually an exciting finish the way they did it. So I kind of I enjoyed the format. It still needs some tweaks. I think it's still in its youth. I think it's still developing. But to me, it's a fun it's a fun evening. And so uh, the skills competition, I thought, was a success from an entertainment standpoint, uh, if you're looking at it strictly from that point of view. And then, of course, the All-Star game, once we got there, uh, I, I thought, you know, it was a decent game and same, same thing, you know, fan base in general, not a fan of the all-star game and playing a game midweek and having your players, we had two players and I'm sure we'll talk about that, uh, you know, get half a game in there, especially the second half, which is going to be closer to the game. You don't, you don't like seeing your players get fatigued, right. but at the end of the day, it is a showcase for the league and right. getting those players rewarded. And when they interviewed the players on the sideline, that that's what they highlighted is it just, you know, had a good season, glad that they recognize it, and it's good to be around players around the league. So uh, I, I was fine with it. I, I, I don't think I'm the norm, at least from what – but they, then again, we have to do this. Uh, Twitter isn't real life. So, again, uh, you know, maybe most people enjoyed it, and, and that's the way it was, and that's why they keep doing it. And I, I think you have the numbers on what the viewership was. I, I thought it was a success. I thought both the skills competition and the game itself, I think having the rivalry between the two leagues, MLS and Liga MX, I think we're at a point where that's, that's, that's cool. a viable – that's that's a viable game moving forward. I think if that, it stays consistent this way for the next four or five years, I think people would be happy with it. Yeah, it's not horrible. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say that it wasn't interesting. I, I also can't tell you that I sat there and had it on the big screen. It was more like, uh, you know, my wife wanted to watch something on the television, so I watched it on my phone off to the side and sort of kept a, kept an eye on it that way. Um, I think for, for one thing, Sebastian Legette was a last-minute ad, right? So um, mm-hmm. everybody sort of asked and, and looks at that. Uh, Legette replaced Minnesota United FC uh, midfielder Emmanuel Reynoso, and we just saw him play uh, against the LA Galaxy. He was outstanding. So uh, Legette got put in there for a couple reasons, I think. And everybody's like, how, how come he gets to go? I'm like, one, because yeah. he's just <laughs> down the road. Two, he yeah. sort of plays in a similar position. So they're like, oh, well, we could get him. And three, because he was just down the road. Um, and <laughs> let's put it, he's like U.S. men's national team player. As much as people hate that, I guess. I guess that's yeah. a controversial thing to say. I, I doesn't yeah. bother me. But yes, he's a men's, U.S. men's national team player. He should, he should. Why not? Go play. So that's fine. <laughs> it was, he was being rewarded for past honors. I think this season he's not been he's had a good year from a US national team point of view, but in the Galaxy jersey he does not have the stats or the gameplay to really back up an all-star call-up. Uh, so that decision was curious until the point that you make. And we made this point when they announced that the game was going to be in Los Angeles, is that there if there's any shortage of players or people pull out, they're gonna call the players from the LA Galaxy and LAFC because they're just down the road and it's easy to pluck those guys. And Sebastian Legit with a face like that, he's going to be the first one you pull when you want to get uh, those eyeballs uh, on the on the TV there. I, I guess if you're a Galaxy fan, what you should really take away from it is uh, is that nobody got injured. That's good. Uh, Chicharito, that's Chicharito was all over the event. People were saying in the chat room that that seems like he should qualify as participating. He was on TV. He was at the skills challenge. He did. He was never in game ready play <laughs> like that was never happening. He was in a very I think somebody said an ugly shirt um, for, for some of He's that. He's worn that shirt before. Yeah. 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 That, that's made the rounds. But, okay. but you make you make a good point, too, that if if 
if uh, if you were here, you're trying to get credit. Like if this was school and you 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 went to after school, you went to the the club practice, and you you know you turned in the extra assignment. He was there doing all star duties. He just wasn't on the field. So I think if the Galaxy wanted to make a case, say, hey, we want Chicharito to play in this upcoming game, he fulfilled obligations. I think they had a case there. So uh, I, I don't think it matters because I think his injury, they're not rushing to get him back on the field anyway. Right. So so it is what it is. But I think if you if they wanted to make an argument, they could say that he fulfilled all-star obligations. Yeah, um, it, it's good. I, he was telling everybody that he was close to being back and that you know that should happen. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what Greg Vandy said. But realistically, uh, Carlos Vela, who also missed the game due to injury, uh, ruled himself out of this next game. MLS rules basically ruled both of these guys out. Uh, you'll hear a little bit later Greg Vandy talking about like maybe we could have played him this weekend. I, I don't believe that's true. I think he's more just thinking... We could have pushed him into the all-star game and we could have done that. And it's like, why? What was yeah. what was the point of it and, and trying to get him to to go? So, uh, you know, an all-star game that was missing the Vela and Chicharito that it reminded me of, uh, of Lampard. Uh, yeah, Lampard and uh, yeah. and and uh, Gerard whenever they were both injured, right? Playing uh, it was L.A. Galaxy versus New York City FC. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like Lampard versus Gerard and they were both injured. So they didn't play. Um, yeah. So it's th- funny that that memory that's that was this week that the anniversary was this week because I remember that memory popped up and and i have a picture with the program you know lampard versus <laughs> gerard and of course it, it didn't work out that way it's still a fun game to go i remember leonardo as critical as i was of leonardo when he was with the galaxy right he shut david via down for 90 minutes and there that was is. one of his best best performances that he had in the galaxy D- defender shirt. of the year uh leonardo <laughs> right wasn't that yeah, he got defender him. of the year one year time yeah but he did probably i think yeah. i think i voted for him um that's how bad the galaxy defense was uh, so, uh, no, there was that. It was funny. Uh, I'll, I'll tell a quick side note. I, I've been doing a lot of work with, uh, guys over in Scotland. Um, and so I've had morning conference calls, which are afternoon conference calls for them, but morning conference calls with, um, with guys in Glasgow. And so, uh, I've been doing it from my office, which everybody knows the background of my office is all the galaxy scarves and all that stuff. And some of the people that I work, that I've worked with there, I actually went and visited them a couple of years ago. Some of them know me, some of them don't know really what I do and that type of thing. And so one of them was like, I have to ask you about the scarves back there. And he, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, this is what I do. And he was like, he was like, oh, he goes, you know, Steven Gerrard. I'm like, well, I covered him like the whole day. He's like, oh, he's our manager right now, you know, uh, for, for Rangers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I know. Him. I do I'm, know that. I, yeah. And I think they were in fifth place. I said, aren't you guys in like fifth place right now? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> just checking. Um, but yeah, so, uh, just, just a, an interesting event. Um, I had no problems with the skills challenge. I'll tell you right now, MLS did, I think a poor job of making sure that people would be in the stadium for both of these Correct. games. Uh, we the, talked about that. Yeah. yeah. The skills off, challenge was, off, off yeah, it was like 20 bucks, I think to get in, not an extreme amount, but if you wanted to fill it up, don't you give that to like LAFC season ticket holders and say, this is part of your your deal or hey, hey, season ticket holders for Galaxy and LAFC, you can buy these tickets for like 10 bucks each if you if yeah. you want, you know, like go to the supporters think, groups and do something because the atmosphere was horrible for that skills challenge. Correct. That That's what was missing. I think with a competition like that. It's not a game. There's not going to be ebbs and flows of an exciting where you get the crowd going. So you really need people there, and maybe it's on like production to get the crowd hyped up at the right moments. And so I, I, I flew the idea of tickets being free because uh, I didn't, you know, I know that the tickets to the All Star game itself were 200, 300 bucks, and so that was a tough ticket for a lot of people to to pay for. So I thought I assumed that the all the, the skills competition was also expensive, 20 right. bucks, not too bad. Right. But at the same time, uh, we've d- been to MLS events where it's free events. You just have to, you know, RSVP, and right. you know, maybe you get put on a waiting list if people don't and, shut up. And it's a Tuesday up. night. Th- and it's a Tuesday yeah, night, it's right? It's a Tuesday. So. I think. 
you, you make every effort to try to fill that stadium uh, with as many people as possible because that that's what was missing. And it, it's just it's a really bad look because you're trying to show um, showcase MLS and have this, you know, draw in the Liga MX fan because we'll talk about the stadium and how, uh, you know, th- the attendance was more Liga MX based because this is an opportunity for them to see you know, their, their players locally where they don't normally get to see those players and you go and you watch it on TV or you see, you see it happening like, man, there's no one there. You know, MLS doesn't really have their act together. I think the all-star game and the skills competition can get to a point where it's a draw, but right now you just need to face facts that it's not right. So you need to try to fill those seats, making them free, having a raffle, giving it to supporter groups. There's, there's supporter groups down the road, uh, you know, who go to Disney health sports park quite a bit. So I think they would have been there. Uh, you know, maybe you could have put legit in the, the skills competition that could have gotten some people there. So, uh, you know, that, that I agree with you there that it could have used a few more people in the butts in the seats to make it look a little bit better, especially because you're trying to showcase the league. All right. Let me go over my notes for the all star game because they're quick and I don't want to spend too much time on this. OK, uh, Araujo and legit both played the second half, so they each got 45 minutes. The game finished one one. Um MLS team won in penalty kicks, which was uh, exciting, but also uh, uh, Nani had one of the worst penalty kicks I've ever seen. Atuesta had a horrible penalty okay. kick. I mean, I was going to say, you got to throw the Portuguese guy out there first. Yeah, I, I understand. It was I mean, awful. But. I mean, to win it. And the, <laughs> and I think it ended up like somewhere, you know, down near the docks. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that was. And by the way, for a guy who is as storied as he is, he's horrible penalty kicks, and that just that was that was bad. That you know that was a rough one. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the game was uh, as physical as I expected it to. I it really didn't expect that these two teams would go lightly into either of these. So, um, you know, looking at that, I'm just glad everybody got through without injury. They, I think, it was tackled hard enough, but also both both uh, sides were like we all have to play games like later this week. So like, let's not kill each other. Like there'll be a couple, although legit got a, a shoulder between the shoulder blades that was full on, you know, Mexico USA uh, version, whenever Mm -hmm. you, you go into that. So I'm sure there was a little bit, something extra in that. So anyway, you look at that, they won. That was great. Here's the optics. The field looked bad. They had a Guns N' Roses concert at the bank, um, which, by the way, you should expect the field to look like crap again unless they paint it green. Um, That's the only way it looks any better uh, before they play on Saturday. Uh, It looked hard. It bounced a lot. It looked like Rio Tinto in a lot of ways, but uglier because the grass looked dead. Uh, This was due to a concert that they had, I think, last week uh, with Guns N' Roses. And so, you know how they go and put plywood down on the grass and stuff. Well, it killed, you know, it really killed the grass. Well, and also having a bunch of fans, no matter how many tarps you put down, People are you still have a mass of humanity stepping on that field and it's just it's going to tamp it down and make it it's going to affect the field. We've, we've dealt with it uh, at, at the digs uh, with with concerts and events that have happened there before. Uh, but most of the time, I think uh, the Galaxy does a pretty good job making it look, you know, better. Right. It, but I think one, one of the worst it looked was probably. Um, a couple of years ago, I think it was Wingo Tango that they had there, and the corners were all chewed up. It was it was a pretty big mess. Well, but that, generally, it's pretty good. But that, but, that was but, the Wingo Tango they, that you and I should have got tickets to, right? Yeah. Wasn't wasn't five that seconds was the, of summer? The five seconds of summer one yeah, that, that we that we yeah, didn't, which we, we should have gone. We still to. regret. Yes. Yeah. So you, you know, if you ever get those chances, you know, you life's go. full of regrets. You gotta you gotta take advantage of those moments. Yeah. Uh, but 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 the field the field did look bad, and so there are some people saying, well, you know, how could you schedule this concert with knowing that this is an event, but got to cash those checks you know we talked about a covid year and and uh, if you're recouping some of those yeah, things yes yeah, but uh, okay major sports major are you sports. gonna hit me with a yeah but still yeah, i'm gonna hit you but yet with a yeah but still <laughs> if you are chosen as the host of mls's premier game and by the way correct i like you're the right. format 
I like the format. Give me this format for the next couple of years. Let me see how I grow into it. I, I tried it on. It was a little baggy, but I think in time, uh, you know, I will eat a lot and I will fill into that. That's that's a horrible metaphor that I was going with. That's <laughs> not but good, but I, f- I, I like can it. fill this out. I can fill this out if 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 uh, if they want to go for it again because I think it's at least interesting. And when you look at the viewership numbers, there is interest, just not on the Fox side. So um, whenever they went through the numbers, uh, the big deal was that uh, TUDNA uh, they went and averaged 1.4 million viewers, which I think that was the peak was around 1.6, if I remember. Um, and that is one of their most watched uh, games this year. Um, so it's it's a high draw, a super high We're draw. interested. Yeah. And I think that goes across also, um, I think, uh, Univision, that also crosses into Univision as well. And it also goes all their streaming and all that stuff, too. So it captures mm-hmm. that whole number is that $1.4 million. Now, when we go on the FS1 side, uh, the Nielsen ratings were about 175,000, right? People who tuned in. Now, that doesn't include streaming, I don't think. So there are some things that missing. Like, it didn't count me. Right. Because I was I was streaming on my phone and I was not watching on the whole thing. So those numbers go up, but they're not going to get into the millions. Um, yeah. So so I it's think one point six million. That's a huge drop off. So I think that uh, I think that if you are the soccer Don, that this probably worked. It's underwhelming on the on the Fox side. And it is, I think, the second worst viewed um, all star game. The highest one, by the way, was the one against uh, Real Madrid whenever the, whenever they played yeah. Real Madrid. Uh, but this is like the second lowest ranked uh, second lowest viewed on on Fox, at least um, for uh, the all star game. And then you go to another one. Oh, excuse me. It was the previous. It was the low um, low one because the previous low was one hundred eighty two thousand on FS one in twenty nineteen. So. Uh, people are not watching on Fox. It is not. I And I like a lot of the guys who are on Fox. And I, I think but the difference in production value between ESPN and Fox has always been stark. And I think that and, that continues to go through that. And the the difference in production between Fox and TUDN is also stark. Uh, I noticed it with um, actually ESPN had the Euros, but the Euro coverage on TUDN was excellent. Uh, and then the same thing with their coverages of the all-star game. Uh, you know, the coverage is just better. So, uh, Fox is churning out an inferior product. And I think over time, maybe that has an effect. Maybe it doesn't. We also saw it. We got kind of got to see how the sausage is made with MLS's back. We t- we heard about some of the production and how Fox pays a little bit less. And right, so ESPN right. had to make up the difference and it kind of makes sense because what you see whenever you go to Fox, it always just, it looks a little grainier. You know, the, the coverage isn't as good, you know, the analysis doesn't seem to always be there. So TUDN uh, seems to be a better product already. And then you talked about it on Monday with the Panda is this is exactly why they had this game is to bring in the, you know, Liga MX audience. And so the Spanish speaking audience, the, uh, you know, what, whatever the Spanish speaking in American uh, in North America, that audience, they're going to be watching TUDN. They're not going to watch the Fox coverage. So it makes sense with the when those numbers pan out. So I think when when you say it wasn't a success on the Fox end, uh, it it was a success because those those are huge numbers, one point six million. Right. It just they weren't watching on that channel. Correct. At the end, the eyeballs are the eyeballs, regardless of where where you're getting them. No, no, no. It, it's it, I think it works for what Garber was trying to do. So I'm not uh, not upset about that. Uh, ben, by the way, gave us a five dollar super sh- chat and says, uh, "What do you think of Garber shutting down Lawless's question regarding a future MLS Liga MX merger?" I thought. Uh, uh, I thought it was fine. Actually, Garber said that he goes, I don't ever think that there's ever going to be a merger. And Garber just sort of pointed to the uh, League's Cup and, and you mm-hmm. know, the Champions, the Campiones Cup um, and those types of things. CCL is things that they can continue to yeah. do to bring success to both of those. And I think that's probably um, 
that's probably why why it worked. But yeah. I, again, overall numbers, uh, as far as the galaxy are concerned, everything, nobody got hurt. Everybody's returned. Sebastian Lejet comes back. Julian Araujo comes back. I thought Julian played fine, uh, was certainly not intimidated against some of those guys. And that's what you always like to see is Julian uh, go up mm-hmm. and, and ring the bell. Um, and he did. And Sebastian Lejet was fine as well. So um, perfectly fine. Good move on. We'll call it a day. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do want to, yeah, go ahead. A lot, a lot more MLS all-star talk than I expected, especially on El Trafico week, but here we are. We, here, we did it. Here we are. Quickly, just uh, <laughs> some, some news I want to get to. Uh, the LA Galaxy announced some changes, both a, a schedule change and a broadcast change. Um, basically, the LA Galaxy's home match against FC Dallas at Dignity Hill Sports Park on Saturday, October 23rd, will now kick off at 7 p.m., originally scheduled for 12.30 p.m. Thank God. Um, that is, uh, that's a good, that's a good time slot on a Saturday night. That's what we always ask for whenever you see these. So that's a much better start time than 1230. Everybody won't roast because we all pretend like October it's nice and cold. Uh, it's still hot in October. That's a, you have to get past Halloween before it starts cooling off. So just remember that. All right. Um, it's staying hotter and it's staying hotter later. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to stick to our guns, the corner of the galaxy. We're influencers here because we're complaining how there's not enough, you know, Saturday 7.30 games, that's the best time. And then the announcement happens afterwards. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like it's a little too too much of a coincidence. I'm just saying. It is. Uh, it is. I believe it's us. That's fine. Um, yeah. So that game is uh, is broadcast on Unamas. Then four days later, the Galaxy's match against Sporting Kansas City at Children's Mercy Park on Wednesday, October 27th, will now feature a nationally televised broadcast on FS1 and Fox Deportes. It was originally scheduled for Spectrum Sportsnet at 5.30 p.m. They really didn't move the time on this, but they did. Uh, it was scheduled for 5.38 p.m. as a kickoff. Off, and now it's scheduled for 5.55 p.m. as a kickoff. So Fox will use that. And good matchup for them. I imagine this is sort of flex scheduling like they have in the NFL, which is, hey, this is actually going to be yeah. a good game because right now we're looking and we're saying Sporting Kansas City is here. The Galaxy are here. It should have playoff implications. It's later on in the year. Let's go ahead and take a look at that and, and see what he can do. So the time change is probably welcome there. So that's good yeah. as well. Correct. I, I always wondered why that 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 should be taken into account more often. The NFL, I think, has it dialed in perfectly that they have the flex scheduling that, you know, as the season goes on, you have your two playoff teams and you switch it. I think that should be taken into account uh, more more often. I'm surprised we don't see more of these changes. Yeah, uh, it, 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 we'll see if that continues to happen. That does happen. There usually is some adjustment as it goes. Uh, but interesting that Spectrum, I'll tell you right now, Spectrum will gladly give up any game that national television <laughs> wants. They don't want the cost on the production. Um, yeah. because it's just a drain for them. So any game they can give up, they will gladly do it. That means nothing for the people who are actually broadcasting the game. It just tells you that like from the top that if they lose a game, they're perfectly fine with losing a game. And that means more people can watch if you're an LA Galaxy fan. All right, um, let's get to World Cup qualifying roster announcements. So, so far, we've had three that I can count, three LA Galaxy players who have been named World Cup qualifying rosters. Uh, Sebastian Legette was added today for the U.S. men's national team. Not a surprise. Uh, everyone expected that, and so he is there. Uh, Danilo Acosta has already been added to the Honduras World Cup qualifying roster, uh, and then Nico Hamalainen called into the Finland World Cup qualifying roster as well. We're expecting Jonathan Dos Santos to get called up from Mexico. That could also include Efrain Alvarez as well. Um, so those are the you know four or five that we're seeing, but the one big name on there that everybody's sort of still wondering with you know what's going on uh is julian araujo and uh julian araujo was it looks like well we know he wasn't called in for the u.s men's national team we'll get to we'll qualify that here in a second but we know he wasn't i was gonna say i think there's more to that but yeah there is he we know he wasn't called into the u.s men's national team we're expecting that he's not going to get called into the mexican national team 
Um, so when we look at both of those things, um, you know, everybody was sort of, and I know our, my text messages were flying back and forth last night and a whole bunch of others uh, talking about Julian Araujo. And uh, there's a lot to that story. And I, I think it's evolved even more since the last time. I think Kevin updated everybody on it. And there's some there's some more stuff to talk about with that. That's what it, that's what it seems. So what, what are your thoughts on, on Julian Araujo so far? So I, I think he's he's earned a call up. I think his play this season has been excellent. So um, if Greg Berhalter were to give him an official invite, he's earned it. Uh, and I also think if Tata Martino were to give him an official invite, he would have earned it on that side as well. So I, I think his play has shown that he can play at that level. I think you saw it, even though it was in a, a smaller smaller sample size and a little bit different of a situation with a Liga MX game. He didn't look out of place, you know, playing against the, the other league. Um, and he hasn't looked out of place. He hasn't been bullied uh, by any opponent really this season. So I think he, sh- he has that grit. He has that toughness that he's going to be fine where he is. So it's all up to him now. He just needs to kind of follow his heart and follow his decision on what he wants to do and how he wants to fulfill his career, because that's really his choice. And it's up to him. Uh, you know, we've had some, some dual nationals, go back and forth about their decisions and be public about what they're going to do with it. And I know, uh, you know, with the goalkeeper from real salt Lake kind of making his announcement, it David sounded, Ochoa. yep. Yeah. David. Ochoa. So when you, you read that article, I remember, and I don't know if we talked about it here officially or not, no, but I, I just remember so. doing a lot of head nodding, you know, growing up in Southern California and growing up around a lot of Mexican Americans. I, 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 I felt a lot of what Ochoa was saying in that article. And I would imagine that Julian Araujo from what we've heard of him has probably a, a similar story. And so, you know, when you have those connections and coming from, uh, you know, my parents have a Portuguese background as, as well. And obviously I was never, you know, talented enough to be on any team's radar. But if I were talented enough to be selected for Portugal, even though I was born in America and have, you know, I, I'm fully support the United States, but to, it would be an honor to be selected to the the home country of your parents, especially when you, ha- you, you grow up with the traditions, you grow up in the culture. It, it means, it means a lot. So you, you can't fault any, there, there's some toxic stuff that goes around with the U.S. national team right. debate, and I, and I think unless you grow up around people who have grow up in multiple cultures, it's a hard thing to understand. But when you do, you understand that there's no wrong answer. It's whatever he he thinks is best for him and wherever his heart is, because you know you can grow up in America and be an American citizen, but at the end of the day, you're culturally could be Mexican or you culturally can be Portuguese or, or, you know, Salvadorian or whatever it is that, that doesn't, you know, your place of birth doesn't always mean that. And so I think that's a difficult thing for some people to understand, but I totally understand where those players are come from when they want to make those decisions. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's interesting The the latest with Julian Araujo seems to, and, and this is all rumor and conjecture because none of this can be uh, confirmed, at least not by me. And most of the time I stay out of this national team stuff as well. This is not like my bag, right? I let other people do it. Um, but you know, he may have been close to a decision before. And I think that however close he was to a decision, it certainly learned, uh, looked like he was leaning towards Mexico. Um, I, I would say that maybe there's more indecision for that right now. That's what it sort of seems. And, uh, the, the general line seems to be that he'll wait until October to make a decision on that. You know what? That's fine. If you're an LA galaxy fan, let him clear his head, let him keep focused on the LA galaxy, let him do whatever he needs to do. Um, but eventually this comes to a head and, you know, hopefully he takes a choice that is good for him because, uh, uh, if he's in an uncomfortable spot on a national team, then that that could ripple effect down to the LA Galaxy as well. So you want to see him at a yeah. place where, you know, they really believe in him. Um, I know, I, I think, uh, you know, I know Tata Martino has been reaching out. I know that uh, Greg Berhalter 
been reaching out. I think there's constant contact. So there is no need to like think, oh, well, he's not getting called up. He's not getting called up for a reason. And it, there was a rumor that he was going to be called up to the U.S. men's national that's, team. And he turned it down again, which would have been the second time. So and, and that's that I would lean in that direction because you saw some of the players with Ricardo Pepe getting Pepe getting called up and uh, some other MLS kind of first timers getting involved. It wouldn't surprise me if he was on that invite list and he did decide to decline because he's not ready to make that commitment yet. And I think th- that would not surprise me. I, 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 you know, tinfoil hat, whatever you want to call that. Uh, it's, it's, he definitely was deserving of a call up for this cycle. Um, but it, again, we'll, we'll never know what really happened behind the scenes, but you know, if he wants to wait to make his decision as a galaxy fan and a galaxy fan exclusively, that's great. That's great for us. All right. He's not going to miss time. He's not going to get hurt at those games. No, 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 not at all. Um, and again, gets to focus on galaxy games. So that's, uh, that's fine for, he will be available. Special the jet will be available for this LAFC game. I don't think that either of them are rotated for any reason. I think Greg Vanny, talks about and he will transition into the media call today with Greg Vanny but he talked a little bit about you know finally getting the starting lineup that he kind of wants right and yes it's without Chicharito Chicharito close we'll get we'll start with actually the Chicharito update Greg Vanny talking about Chicharito Uh, again he infers that perhaps he could have played this weekend (laughs) I, I think MLS rules prohibited that so just keep that in mind whenever he's saying that um but uh here was his response whenever uh, they asked about uh his his injury availability he says you have to i I think you actually have to hit the play button i think that's what it is let's let's try that again yeah he's uh he's on the field you know he's going through part parts of the training session now with the team he's doing some work uh individualized work during uh during certain parts of the session um, the expectation here is, look, we have the option of forcing him, pushing him into this game and just seeing what happens, or we have two weeks of more recovery and more work for him on the other side of this game. So uh, I know it's LAFC and I know it's a rivalry and all that kind of stuff, but we win two more weeks of his, of his, uh, his progress on the other side of this game. And so it just, it just doesn't really make sense. You know, if we were going into the playoffs, if we were going into a scenario where we had multiple games, we, we might push this a little bit more. But uh, because of the time on the other side, as I said, we, we really have the opportunity to benefit from that time. And he has multi- mostly the opportunity to benefit from that time to really get himself sharp and ready to ready to compete. So our open expectation is he'll be ready to go on the other side of the international break. All right, there you go. On the other side of the international break, which I think, if you've been reading the tea leaves, that seems like, but you know, we've read the tea leaves on this a lot. It was like, Oh, you know, he's, he's right on <laughs> yeah. the edge and you know, Hey, what does that happen? You know, the, the whole thing. So, um, for me, I think, uh, that's, that's, that's good signs for everybody, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's still game by game. It's still day by day, uh, to get him back. So as far as Chicharita goes out for this weekend, we knew that, um, not expected yeah. that, uh, Carlos Vela again out for LAFC as well. Um, we'll cover that as we go. Um, down the line. Um, the other thing I wanted to get to uh, was, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I will say that that is the most optimistic I've heard Greg Vanning talk about the return. Uh, last time, I think I was on the show a couple of weeks ago, I said, oh, well, it sounds like he's hinting that he's coming back sooner, but uh, I was kind of fooled by that. You were not fooled by it. I think it was, uh, you know, the great George Bush who, who said, you fool, you, you fool me once, shame on me. You, you don't, you, you, you just don't fool me again. So that's how I felt <laughs> yes. on that one. So yeah, don't fool me again, Greg Vanny. It, it sound, but that sounded like he was the most optimistic about Chicharito coming back on the other side of the break. And based on he, how he was talking at the All-Star game, I don't think he would have trotted out there 
been trotted out there if he wasn't close to return because he'd go out there talk that he's returning and then of course he doesn't come back it just creates more drama so i, I like the idea of uh, uh of of him coming back it sounds like uh, that's more likely after the break there yeah i i think so uh, gr- uh, uh larry morgan asked a great question i want to get to it because uh he asked about like you you talk about defender mentality you talk about these things greg what does that mean for the galaxy, right? What does that mean? What does that mean? What do you want to see for that defender mentality? So um, let's go to, and by the way, the chat room's cracking up that you quoted George Bush. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm I, I said the, I said the great just because I know that definitely not the great. So <laughs> just want to say out there. It, it was, it was great. Put that in, out quote, into in quotation either, yeah. marks. I got it. Like, you know. Yeah, fair enough. I'm getting, yeah, I'm going to get the Texas hate for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Quoting like a true Texan, yeah. Aaron says. That's, <laughs> is it mandatory you have a picture of George Bush in your house? Yeah. It's, uh, in, yeah. it's in the back. Okay, good. All right. Just checking. Uh, Larry asked about the defender man mentality. Let's play a little bit of this because. I think there's, I mean, first of all, I want to say that this is like a, let's see, how long is this clip if I played the whole thing? This is like 8.55 and 12. So it's like four minutes of Greg talking. We're not going to play four minutes of Greg talking, but uh, there's some stuff he gets into and you can hear the sort of the the anger in his voice and like the frustration that is sort of building up, which again, we've heard uh, a little bit. And then that'll lead us a little bit to uh, to Jonathan Bond and Jonathan Dos Santos as well. So um, let's see here. If we can make that happen. So in a, in a given situation, whoever our first defender is who is addressing the ball and is going and closing the opposition down can't just get beat. And too many times in our games, our first defender goes, they address the ball, the ball and the man get on the other side of that defender. And then your team defending strategy sort of goes to waste. And so we're losing too many of those initial initial duels, so to speak. And the opposition is getting on the other side of us. And then we're in crisis uh, pretty quickly. So that's one thing. The mentality of our of our player, who whoever that player is that, that initiates the pressure and is stepping to the ball, can't get beat, has to control the game, has to keep the player's head down, has to make it difficult, but just can't get played around. When that player plays, if we're closing that guy and he plays a pass and their guy moves again, we can't allow that guy to allow our guy to get one toot around or wall passed around. And again, it's the same thing. So there's that. There's players on the weak side. When we're going to close the playoff on the opposite side, the players on the weak side need to move with the rest of the team to close off the middle of the field. We have guys who are still hanging out on the opposite side of the field, not moving with the block. It's respecting the details of of the defensive, the team defensive play, but also individually doing better about dealing, managing our own individual duels and managing our first and second balls, being close enough and compact enough to help each other defensively and not getting stretched out. We're, it's as, whether it's an intentional or unintentional at times we are, we're resting at bad times where we are leaving ourselves vulnerable. We're stretching ourselves out one way or the other, not staying compact as a group. And sometimes I think it's, it's a product within our group that we love to attack. We love to have the ball. We're trying to, we're hoping that those guys around the ball win the ball so that I can be the guy who gets it in transition and can go attack and create havoc. But we have to respect the fact that we have to see out every def- defending play by doing all the little things right in that play. And then when. All right. So I, again, do, I just like if you really want to dive into the to yeah. the ins and outs, <laughs> there's a ton to unpack there. Right. So we won't do that just because I don't have three hours to talk about all the stuff that Greg Banny talks about. But what I do want to talk about is how do you hear him get excited about it? Do you hear him start talking faster? Do yeah. you hear his like, yes, he's frustrated, but he's excited to be able to explain it. He wants to, to say it. He wants to say it out loud. And he's not just saying it's so that way reporters can hear it. He's saying it so all the team can hear it. And he said, granted, he said that they had a long video session. They already went through um, that 
you know, sort of highlighted all of the things that they needed to do. And let's also point out, Eric, and this was my question to Greg, which was, you know, you haven't got much training time recently. <laughs> You've had games to compare. Yeah. And, and we talk about that. There's been no, and he's like, it's been very welcome. We need it because there's things that have happened that have like sort of snowballed. And like now it's happened a couple games in a row or two or three games in a row. And he goes, and it's becoming a habit. And we don't want to become, we don't want that to become a habit. Now is the time yeah. to stamp it out. Correct. You know, you do things enough and in, in you repeat enough repetition becomes the habit. And so I think uh, when he was fuming after the San Jose loss, he said, you know, we have to fix it. I think this is the opportunity to fix it. And you, you're right. You did hear it in his voice. To me, it sounded like he needed the John Madden telestrator. He was going to be drawing the X's and O's and arrows and all this stuff. It sounded like he was ready to get in there and get his team uh, right. So I think it, it is um, it is needed. Uh, you know, he does need to, there have been some major issues and they do need to be addressed. And we're very close, uh, you know, knocking on wood, peaking at the right time to getting, you know, the strategy worked out to where the team knows who they are. Now they know how Greg Vanny wants to play and they're going to have the best players in their, in their true positions, uh, to have the, their true a team moving forward at the end. I think we're moving in that direction. Uh, you know, with one of my favorite phrases, peaking at the right time, I think, it's looking like it's going to it's going to end up that way for them to finish the season in these last two months, you know, and get on a hot streak and play well and 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 be the team that Greg Vanny, you know, sees glimmers of and that we've seen glimmers of, but just hasn't happened on that consistent basis uh, every game in and game out. Uh, let's move over to Jonathan Dos Santos, who spoke to us uh, for the first time in a long time, actually. Uh, and he's been somebody we've requested before. Uh, he doesn't always feel comfortable speaking in English. And so apparently we got him on a good day today because he did uh, speak in English and answer some questions. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to be play the ego here and play my question to Jonathan Dos Santos, because um, I think it's 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 somewhat telling. And then there were other things that we can sort of pull from this as well. Um, but I, I just wanted to sort of see where his, his head was at currently. And so, uh, I'll play my question and then go ahead and get to his answer as well. Hey, Jonah, thanks for talking to us. Um, Hi. this, this, this seems like maybe it hasn't been the, the easiest year for you, obviously with the loss of your father, but the injuries and the international mm -hmm. absences as well, you haven't been playing on the field probably as much as maybe you'd like. Um, how has that taken a toll on you so far through this season? No, you're right. It's, uh, yes, it's not my best year in, in the way that, that I wanted, but I'm still working hard. Uh, we still have been uh, 13 games. Uh, I'm still having games with, with my national team. And, and, and yes, I have to keep working. Uh, my mind is always uh, in the right way. Of course, sometimes you have negative uh, thoughts, but but yes, I'm always try to be positive in, in every every way. And yes, I have to be strong. I have to be strong. I'm I've, I've been always strong my whole uh, career. But yes, hopefully uh, next game I can show again uh, who is Jonathan. I know that. Uh, I need to to give my my hundred percent. I need I know that I'm important for the team. Uh, I know that if I play well, the team is gonna be a better team. So uh, of course uh, I have I I know that I have to be the leader. No, so so yeah, hopefully next game uh, can be my my game, uh, especially the game of can be the, the game of of the, of the team because we need to win as uh, I said before. And, and yes, hopefully this we can end this this year in the best way possible. 
All right, there you go, a little Jonah on, uh, on there. Um, I don't know, Eric. He seems certainly he seems like he has uh, he understands where he's at. Um, he understands it hasn't been going well for him so far, uh, and now he's looking for the turnaround. I don't I don't know what we think. We we know he's on a contract year. Uh, he talked about it after this. I mean, where where do you go with him right now? Yeah, I think the kind of the writing is on the wall a little bit. He's uh, you know he, I don't want to say he's conceded, but I think conceded meaning like he's conceding that he's not going to be you know moving forward the, with the galaxy after this but it does seem like he understands that this is you know he, he hasn't been playing to his fullest potential and that he needs to kind of turn it on he recognizes that he's he's honest he's self-aware that you know it's it's not something that he's um you know living up to the expectation so it sounds like he's kind of preparing himself for the you know the last hurrah with with the run with the team here but then um you know, but then after that, you know, it's probably, you know, the galaxy and him are most likely to part ways. And so that's just kind of how it sounded. Um, but I do appreciate his honesty and and not trying to say, you know, I'm gonna, we've heard him say in the past, I'm, I want to retire with the galaxy. I'm going to be yeah. here a long time. He, he didn't give lip service. He was honest about uh, his position. So you appreciate him for that at the very least. Uh, by the way, Gilber- Gilberto gave us a $5 super chat says, uh, will you me- move back to California when the galaxy signs Ronaldo? <laughs> yes. I think yes is the I, answer. I, yes. The, the answer is yes. But I also basically guaranteed that Ronaldo is going to come to the galaxy by moving to Texas. Cause yep. that's how it works. Yes. I, w- once I move away, that's when you sign Ronaldo just to, you know, the universe, you know, to spite me in that way. So, <laughs> uh-huh. so, you know, keep, keep your fingers crossed. We'll see if, if that, if that ever comes to fruition and uh, if I make my return to, to Southern California. There. The, the other thing that, uh, that Jonathan Dos Santos talked about, he was in a contract year, Eric. He said that, you know, that uh, it's not up to him anymore. You know, he'd like to stay. He wants, even if he does, doesn't uh, stay with the Galaxy. He'd like to stay close because of his family, um, whether that means Mexico, whether that means other teams in MLS. Um, there's a lot of things that you know you could find possibly for Jonathan Dos Santos. Here's the problem is that we've seen him cramp in almost every single game that he's been in. Yeah. And how can you depend on a guy like, how can you pay a guy like that that much money and know that you can't necessarily depend on him to be, you know, a 90 minute guy, even a 75, 80 minute guy. Um, yeah. you know, in the center of field. And so that's real hard. Now he still has the end of this year. He knows he has to show something. Uh, he could always go back and, and play, uh, probably in Mexico. I would imagine that there's something there, but he really, I think he would like to stay with the galaxy. Maybe the galaxy can work something out. There is a deal there. I'm not sure you can pay Tam money now for Jonathan Dos Santos just because of the injury concerns and him not being available, uh, for so many minutes this year. He's down below half of the total available minutes he's played this year for the galaxy as, as is with Chicharito, by the way. Um, yeah. so- it, it feels very Roman Alessandrini esque where, you know, there's a spot for him on this team, just not as a designated player and possibly not as a TAM player. So the question does, you know, does your ego or do you tuck your tail between your legs and say, you know, I'm willing to take a major pay cut just to stay in Los Angeles and stay close to my family and remain consistent with this club? Uh, is he willing to do that or is he wanted somewhere else? Maybe someone else is willing to pay more money for him. I think he is a, a commodity. It's just it's that DP spot that's really where you're not maximizing your value. We talked about it with Kevin Cabral and even though Kevin Cabral himself, but with the other players you're able to sign, you know, that creates value in that position. But Jonathan Dos Santos in his current role right now uh, is not maximizing that DP slot. So the galaxy, uh, you know, looking to part ways with him from that DP slot 
makes the most sense. But, you know, who knows if things work out and if he's willing to come back at a discount. Uh, not, not a lot of players are willing to come back, you know, whether call it pride or call it whatever you will. Right. You know, you just you cut ties and you move on and look to recoup the, that money somewhere else. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Anything. Uh, the one thing I sort of got from Jonathan Bond, uh, just quickly, because I don't want to go through all the audio. Uh, by the way, the full media calls up on our website, cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can find it on our YouTube channel as well. It's all right there for you, so you can check it out. Um, but Jonathan Bond says that he's always circled these LAFC games, so he's very much uh, ready for it. And then the question I asked him with uh, was that I have to imagine through most of the season that Greg has had some patience and some for forgiveness for certain things, right? And it's like, hey, we're a new team we're coming together i'm gonna have patience with you well that ended right and you could all tell it ended after the san jose game and so i sort of asked jonathan i was like that's that's over now right you've seen a different greg vanny um which by the way people were saying uh vague granny um a little ted lasso reference i thought about i was gonna say that is correct because i I heard some people saying vreg again but i think with the blend yeah Vig, Vig Granny, I, I really like the sound of that. I, I like that. I like how they took the GR over yeah, to the other yeah. side. That was that was a Vig Granny. Um, so Vig Granny has reared his head, and I asked Jonathan uh, Bond about that, and he was sort of like, "Yeah." He goes, "You can tell." He goes, "You know, we it, we're we're a team now. We don't need to be coddled, that type of thing." And he's like, "Yeah, it's fine. We expect it." But I just wanted to see if like he would admit to the tone change because we all felt it yeah. in the media. I think fans felt it as well. You can say that there's there's something there. So yeah, um, which. And and good because yes. that's what you want. You know, we're, we're we're this is not the honeymoon stage. This is we're done. We're we're closer to the home home stretch than we are the beginning. And I thought so you were going to say the hormone you, stretch, and I was like, what? What's the hormone stretch? I was going to say, was like, are we going yeah, with a married reference here? I was going to say, I, I'm done with the the sixth grade family life lessons. I'm okay. done with those. So okay, maybe that was still in the back of my mind. Okay, um, but but this is. I don't think a coach is going to, if it is a rebuilding year or the expectations are low, at this point, you see where they are in the standings. It's in striking distance to make the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, who knows? So I think he sees that where at the beginning of the year, you know, maybe if expectations were lower and if they were somewhere else in the standings, you could say, well, you know, it's still a rebuilding year. We're still getting guys used to the system. But I think he sees where they are. He looks at the teams around the league and he sees that the Galaxy, even if they are quote unquote rebuilding, they're on par and the, with the parity of the league, they're there they could take on an, any team on any given day. So he knows that. And so he's going to push and he's going to, you know, we're, we're past the excuses point that we're figuring it out. It needs to be figured out. And like he said, it needs to be fixed. And then, you know, the, the hormone stretch or the home stretch yes. uh, needs to be taken care of here at the end. I thought maybe it was not the honeymoon period anymore. Now, <laughs> she, now you're getting yelled at cause you didn't take out the trash and rightfully so you should do stuff around the house. Uh, I was going to say, you know, you're giving me, you're making me feel weird. I don't like this. Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, Tomorrow's trash day. Thanks for the reminder. Though. Yeah. FYI. Um, just in case. Uh, ours is on Wednesday, Tuesday, one of those days. It's okay. Not, I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, if we're going and looking at a chart, I thought it was interesting. This is from at John Space Muller. Um, it's, and the data comes from Anal- Analysis Evolved, which is one of my favorite places to, to look for different things. But he put it together, a chart. Uh, I will explain the chart. There's four quadrants, which is always fun. Uh, good attack, good defense, the top right corner. Uh, your bottom right corner is bad attack, but good defense. Uh, and then the bottom left corner is bad attack, bad defense. Those are, those are definitely, those are the bad teams. I would imagine that like whenever you're in yeah, more, this, and then, I, I like this better than good team, bad luck. This is, <laughs> right, this is, this is at least, you know, metrics. And, and then I like, uh, you know, even those space, 
there. It looks like comets flying through the air, so I kind of like the design of this one as well. Yeah, uh, and then uh, there is the top left, which is good attack, bad defense. Uh, now, for those of you playing uh, on the podcast game, I will tell you the LA Galaxy are in the good attack, bad defense quadrant, which is the upper left. Um, and Which they- is correct. <laughs> we, yeah, I was going to say, not wrong. Um, but the, yeah. the thing that you have to understand is that there's little tails on these and it's telling you where they went from tw- last year to this year. And so the LA Galaxy got a better attack than last year, but the defense has stayed basically the same, right? There's the little movement. Maybe they got a little bit yeah. worse. There's a little tilt to it, a little bit worse. But we've been seeing that in the numbers as well, that it's been similar to last year in terms of um, you know, points per game and, and goals, goals allowed per game and that type of thing. Whenever we, we, we transmit them out to 34 games. So when you see that, it makes a ton of sense. The good attack, good defense. It's one of the reasons why New York city consistently gets ranked into that, the, you know, the top power position or at least near it is because they have the good attack, good defense. That is one of the ones they also play on a postage stamp. So, you know, yeah, I, 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 I mean, obviously we, we, we don't cover, uh, NYCFC, but every time I see it, I, I don't want to believe it. So, you know, I, I, maybe I just need to watch their games a little bit more to see it with my own eyes. But I, it is interesting how they, how far away they are from the rest of the league in metrics like this and 538 and things like that. They just have NYCFC like they're like they're the top team. When we watch teams like Seattle, like the New England Revolution, who seem to have a stranglehold on the league, so it's it always it's always interesting to see NYC up there. Yeah, um, New England Revolution, by the way, good attack, bad defense. Uh, they're also in the quadrant with the Galaxy. They just have a better attack um, and and a, a slightly less worse defense. Uh, yeah. If you're looking for the outliers, we talked about New York City out on the far right-hand side, so they're the good attack, good defense. LAFC is in that good attack, good defense. Uh, DCU is in the good attack, good defense. It's funny because both of those teams seem to be drastically underperforming. <laughs> uh, Seattle, yeah, by, Seattle, by the way, looks like they're overperforming because they've actually regressed on their attack um, and, and I guess on their, uh, let's see, attack is that way and defense and defense. Yeah. yeah they actually they, did regress on both, but yeah, doesn't seem bottom to matter. left is not where you want to go, but that's, that's where they're yeah, headed. Again, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But Min- they're still in that quadrant. Yeah. Minnesota, who the galaxy have played are in the good attack, good defense, sporting Kansas city are in the good attack, good defense, Nashville, which who we talked about Orlando's kind of on the borderline there. So anyway, just real interesting, uh, chart for that. If you get a chance, you can go on, uh, on YouTube, or I think we, we tossed it up in the discord as well. Um, so you can see that in there. Let's go. Yeah, go ahead. It is a fun chart. Corner of the galaxy. You always get your charts. Josh, you always bring it. So this is why you got to come to the live show to see the charts. This is a good one. I like this one. All right, good. This is a good chart. Let's go rapidly. Rapidly through the uh, every time I say rapid, I just think Colorado. Uh, rapidly through <laughs> well, the 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 schedule um, for the LA Galaxy coming up. Obviously, last game in August, uh, we told you this was the month for the LA Galaxy to make moves. Those two losses at home are killing the Galaxy right now because realistically, you put six more points onto the LA Galaxy's total, and you're cooking with fire now. Um, where it is right now. A little stagnant, uh, but both teams coming in, LAFC and LA Galaxy, are both in that stagnant area, uh, LAFC more so than the LA Galaxy. Uh, when we look at September, we told you only one home game. It's a midweek game as well, 7.30 p.m. against Houston. That's when that's on uh, September 15th. The Galaxy will kick back off after 14 days off after this LAFC game. A little international break until 9-11. 9-11, they will go to Colorado and play uh, Colorado. Then it's home to face Houston midweek. Then it's away that weekend to face Minnesota again. Um, then you have Austin away and Salt Lake City away. We said this would be a tough 
schedule. This is going to be a tough schedule. Remember, they're basically taking the first two weeks of September off for an international break. And so then you still have five games in the remainder of those, you know, two and a half weeks or whatever it is. Uh, so that's a lot of games in a short amount of time. That's where you're going to find out what the LA Galaxy are made of. That This month, September coming up, is where you could see the LA Galaxy plummet down the standings if they are not paying attention. Yeah. So that's yeah, the, that's that's the worry. Yeah, when we were previewing August, we said, look at the home games, look at the opponents. This is the chance where the Galaxy uh, can make up a lot of points. And unfortunately, they didn't make up as many as, as you would have hoped or you would have predicted. And so if you were expecting the Galaxy to lose points, looking at this with the away games, you know, going away to Colorado, who's been playing very well, away to Minnesota, who's going to want a little bit of revenge. Um, away to Austin is not going to be an easy game, you know, even though Austin in the standings hasn't been great, you know, how, they, how they've been playing uh, at home, and that's always a, a bit of a wild card there. So I, I just think this is an opportunity for the Galaxy, like you said, to slide down the standings. It's a little bit dangerous, uh, this road they're going to go on. But this is why Vanny is saying that things need to be fixed. It, it's not impossible. And in this league, you know, you can go on a run and, and get hot. And against those teams, the Galaxy, you know, outside of Colorado, should be better than the rest of those teams in that September schedule. They've shown that they can be better. There's a separation in the standings. Right. So they can win some of those games, uh, but it is going to be a tough stretch because of the travel. Yeah, it absolutely is. And they're going to be tired and there will be rotation and you will all complain that professional players don't need to rotate. And Greg Vanny will keep telling you that they do and he will. Uh, you get into October, the LA Galaxy have three home games to front load that month and then uh, two away games, away to Houston, away to Kansas City to close that out. Uh, final two games of the regular season. We're that close. 13 games left on the schedule, by the way. Uh, Seattle, away yeah. to Seattle, the 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 penultimate game. Um, so that will be a huge game for the LA Galaxy. I wouldn't be surprised if that get that gets picked up on, on national mm -hmm. television as well. Um, and then the uh, decision day, LA Galaxy host uh, Minnesota United at home on 11-7. I think that's those last two games are going to be so, mean so much um, just in terms of standings and everything else, uh, just because unless the galaxies find a way to separate themselves from things, they, they're going to be in a position to, to either climb yeah. or drop in these last two games. So I'll, just, lots I just, of I'm not, I'm just extremely thankful that the decision day game uh, is not against Houston. So nice change of pace for that, that to go terribly wrong. So yeah. I need to get that out of my face. Maybe, maybe we can have a different uh, different outcome with Minnesota. We'll see how it goes. If you're paying, if you're playing the home game, as most of us are, uh, the Galaxy have 13 games remaining. I told you that five home games, eight away games. If you go based on their current current points per game, Eric, the Galaxy would be expected to get 21. 0.71 points from those last 13 games um, that would give them a total of 56.71 that's not bad um, and I can no. tell you where that sort of sits down uh, where it goes but that's just using the average points per game Eric that's not using the average points per game at home and the average points per game away because there is a difference between those two and there's a difference in those games so the Galaxy averaging 1.83 points per game at home and 1.44 points per game on the road not totally different so if you do those five home games you would get 9.15 points you get 11.52 points, so 11 points, 9 points for the eight games, um, for the five home games, and that would give you a total of 55.67. So look at me. I found like a whole point difference between 56.71 <laughs> and 55.67. But when you look at it, 13 games left between 20 and 22 points in there, that's, you know, seven wins and a draw out of 13. That's asking a lot. That's asking a lot. But that's, what, so that's what their record's saying that, that they should that's be what getting. That's Correct. And so you could look at that and say, oh, okay, they're projected and that's doable. But when you really think about it, out of 13 games to take, you know, seven wins out of it, 
uh, I don't know that I would take that bet. So, you know, I, I don't expect them to to live up to that. Uh, I, I could predict a little bit of a dip, and you have to be thankful for the separation they created earlier in the season because I think that is going to be helpful for them. It's going to help them keep that definitely a playoff spot, but we, we want them fighting. I think a home playoff game should be the goal for this team this season. Yeah, a home playoff game would be great. Uh, that 55.67 or 56, so 55 or 56 points uh, in 2019, that would put the LA Galaxy in second and third in the Western Conference, fourth and fifth in the Supporters Shield. In 2018, I did only full seasons, by the way. We didn't do 2020 because that was a weird season. Um, 2018, that point total would have gotten them fourth or fifth in the Western Conference, seventh or eighth in Supporters Shield. And in 2017, it would have put them in one and two in the Western Conference and two and three in the supporter shield um but 2017 was a horrible year for the galaxy and yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen what what yeah what happened that year i i my, my mind was wiped that year no nobody knows nobody knows at all yeah, i mean but but again again when you look at the schedule eric i mean does it make you it, it, it you should sit there and say oh well the la galaxy have a chance to to make up some points right and do some things um and if you've looked at some charts that are floating around there there seems to be some optimism at least that the LA Galaxy could uh, or have a schedule that is not the hardest schedule. Let's just put it that way. It's not the hardest schedule. It's not the easiest schedule. It's somewhere in the middle. But if you look at the remaining strength of schedule, basically the opponent's current points per game, and you average those all out, the LA Galaxy have opponents averaging 1.33 points per game. If you're Chicago, you're at 1.47. And (laughs) who is Unite and Conquer? Which, which, Which team is Unite and Conquer? Because they're using the dang um, hashtags, and I have no idea who Unite Atlanta. Con- Are you sure? That's Atlanta. Oh, because it's got I'm, the golden I'm spike. Positive that, yeah, the golden spike. Yep. Good and lord. And I don't see them anywhere else. Deductive reasoning there as yeah, well. Yeah. So Atlanta has the easiest schedule at one point two one. So Chicago one point four seven, the hardest. Sounders one point four five, one of the hardest. Orlando one point four three. LAFC at one point four two. The Galaxy at one point three three in the middle of the pack. Uh, Atlanta with the easiest at one point two one. Inner Miami is one point two five. It sort of gives you an idea of of where that all stands. Eric, you talk for a second while I go cough. Yeah, I was going to say they where they land is, you know, they're a little bit on the bottom half. So it's not the easiest uh, strength of schedule, but um, but it's also not they're not on the top half of it as well. So I think when we look at it and you say, well, seven wins out of you know 13 games, that's a lot to ask for based on their previous averages. But I think if you look at it, if they can split, they can go, uh, you know, six wins, six losses and then a draw on there and go, kind of go 50 percent. I think that's a successful uh, home stretch to the season. So when I looked at the schedule, I'm a little bit down on it, especially with the road games. There's more road games. And I'm thinking, you know, the Galaxy may take a dip here and they may have to sneak into the playoffs. But the the one optimistic part of the hope and remember Ted Lasso, it's the hope that always kills you. But the hope is that this team is finally going to have their A plus lineup and Greg Vanny is going to have them playing in a way that they're comfortable playing. So maybe they're playing better right. with their best lineup. And that's where they're going to make up the points as opposed to based on what they did before kind of overplaying or outplaying how they should be playing. Uh, you know, maybe now they play how they're supposed to, and then they win those seven out of 13 and they kind of stay exactly what the average says because they're, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah. It's, it seems that way. Um, Supporters Shield, before we get into this LAFC, just give you an idea of where the Galaxy stand in that. They sit in fifth with 35 points. New England running away with things, 49 points. Seattle in second place with 42. Kansas City with 39. Colorado, 37. Then the Galaxy, Orlando, Philadelphia, the 14th place club right now, which is basically in half. Thir- between Somewhere between 13 and 14 would be half, of course, um, is Atlanta United with 27 points um, sitting on that. All right. 
Uh, let's get to this big game. The LA Galaxy uh, take on LAFC at Bank of California Stadium. That game kicks off at 4 p.m. on Saturday, August 28th. It's a 4.08 p.m kickoff this game is on fox big fox 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 on saturday uh, make sure you don't miss that 408 p.m is the kickoff time i know some people are still uh, a little uh, brain confused after uh, staying up all night <laughs> watching that dodger game um, that went into x number of innings and was almost six hours long however long that ended up being so um, just in case you want to remember 4 p.m uh, kickoff i know people are going listen i'll tell everybody right now there was a there was an incident that happened after the skills competition to uh one of uh, our not even former reporters, but she was going and visiting um, that she got harassed and somebody who stuck up for her ended up getting punched. I'm going to tell you right now, be careful when you go. Um, this is not a friendly confines place. This is not a place where you can. It is supposed to be fun. And I always think if you go that with that in your heart that you go and you go have fun, that you're in good shape and you should be fine. Uh, but at the same time, be careful whenever you go to this game. And I would say yeah. probably the same thing if it was at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park as well. Be careful. When you go to these games, um, and if you have children with you, keep an eye on them. All right, there. That was Correct. that was my yeah. my lecture from dad. I, well, I'm I'm glad you said it because I I'm, I've talked to I think if you're buying a general admission ticket and you're kind of going in the general population, you can go there with the right attitude and have a good time, and you should be relatively unbothered. You know, of course, when you're going into a rivalry game and there's opposing fans, there's always going to be you know, a fair amount of, of back and forth. But I think w the supporters of both these clubs definitely have a history and there's a back and forth there. So if you're involved with those groups, definitely keep an extra eye out, you know, you stick with your group and kind of, you know, look out for one another because past experiences that I've seen at the stadium, it is their stadium and they tr give their fans a little bit more, uh, they get home treatment uh, on their end. I've seen uh, Galaxy fans go in there and, and have some unfair treatment uh, from security and from from some forces outside of the stadium as well. So just if you are going and you're with those groups, just, um, you know, keep your head on a swivel, stay with your groups, be smart about it, uh, still support your team, still make noise, you know, talk, talk your talk your business, do what you got to do, uh, but just be smart about it. That's all. That's that's my the, your two dads giving you yeah. uh, your advice out there. That's going to be come the back name. in one piece. That's going to be the name come, of this podcast. Make sure you're, yeah, make sure you're available for the October game uh, on the on the on the turn. That that's the important part. Two dads, two dads stay. Be safe. That's what uh, that's what we say. Be safe. Um, Come home. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the LA Galaxy hold the uh, the edge in this, and we know that uh, the LA Galaxy have five wins to LAFC's three wins. There are three draws in here as well. Remember, the LA Galaxy beat LAFC earlier this year at Dignity Health Sports Park, limited capacity game. Remember, that was one of like the twenty-five or thirty percent capacity games that uh, that we went to. Uh, goals from Chicharito early on in that game, and then Jonathan Dos Santos hit one in the second half to win this game. So again, Jonathan Dos Santos does show up for uh, for El Traficos. He did earlier uh so we'll see if he can go in there and and do that again uh when you look at this as well there's there's some real stories that are starting to brew in all of this one is carlos Velo basically told everybody over the all-star break that yeah. he's done with lafc so this is what his second to last el trafico unless these two teams meet in the playoffs um, and he is he has been very successful in el traficos he scored a lot of goals he will not be there um, which is, yeah. which is a, listen, if you're an LA galaxy fan, you want to <laughs> win. That's a good thing. You don't want him to be there, even though he is a shell of himself this year than he was, um, you know, in, yeah. in previous you, years, you, you take an extra satisfaction with him being on the field and him losing that those wins when he's on the field and you still beat him you mm -hmm. puff out your chest a little bit more. But if you're, you know, 
you know, strategery. I'll throw another another quote out there. If you're trying to win the game, you don't want him on the field. He no. gives them a better opportunity to win. So him not being there, uh, you know, gives the Galaxy a better chance to walk away. Uh, so, yeah, so there, that's that. So there's the Vela part, and then there's also the Bob Bradley controversy. I think he's on the hot seat right he now. Is. Uh, when we talked about the form guide, I was looking at the form guide with the LA Galaxy, and the LA Galaxy are on their worst bit of form with a two-game losing streak. Uh, LAFC is coming in winless and seven, a four-game losing streak, and then two draws, and then the loss before that. So seven games without a win. Which is a, which is a Galaxy, record for them. Which is a record for them, even though they're, you know, yes. it, you, you could, you know, uh, you know, blow some wind out of your back end and it'll be a record for them because they're so new. But at, at, at the end of the day, this Galaxy team could go in and embarrass them and get their coach fired and have their DP not there to do anything about it. This could be, you know, I, I hate, you know, because it's it's not the playoffs and it's right. not something like that. And it's still, but this it's could still be a rel- game that crushes. This could be a game that can crush an opposing franchise a rival make them really you know put rub their noses in it this could be one of those games because they're they're weakened they're they're not responding to their coach they don't have their best player uh and then you can go in there and really really cause some damage if the galaxy went in there and were the reason you know the bob bradley got fired the next day you know what what a feather in the cap that would they, be they i don't would, think they, they would never do that. Let, yeah, they, they would never do, do that but but if they fired him two games later, you'd know why. Yes. And so you'd still wear that feather in your cap. So this could be a game where the Galaxy can really cause some damage. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. And I know it's still relatively mid-season, and, and Greg Vanny called it sort of a mid-season match, um, which, you know, yes and no, right? 13 games remaining. It's a little further than that. You're really looking at, after this break, the back third of the season um, that is coming up. Having said all that, you absolutely have a chance to demoralize a rival. You have a chance to put them down, to get three points and to do it. This is, you can call this an away game. It is. But um, at the same time, I think the Galaxy all go and stay in a hotel um, or they'll meet at a hotel the day before and they'll all travel to the game together. Like they they will do this that way. They're comfortable. They're ready. This is not like one of those like real travel games. This is basically a home game in terms of travel. And then um, I honestly think, and Jonathan Bond was talking about it, you know, yes, the home fans feed you, right? And, and whenever you have your home fans there, there's there's that energy there. Um, the away fans can do the same thing, right? And so yeah. so you know that this is going to be high energy, high intensity. It's going to be chippy. Um, all of those things will happen in this. And, um, you know, I think the Galaxy, listen, most of the time throughout this rivalry, you will have said that LAFC were probably the better team coming into a lot of these matches and the Galaxy have still won a lot of them, right? And the majority of them, we've talked about their record. This is not the case in this game, right? This is the case where the LA Galaxy have been the better team this year, regardless of where they put them on that chart. It doesn't matter because the points tell you that LAFC is not a team that is clicking. This is a chance to go for the jugular. No mercy. Sweep the leg. This is where you have to take people down. Um, This is where, you know, all the lack of emotion that we saw in San Jose, which, again, I'm not even sure the Galaxy knew that was a rivalry game. They know this is a rivalry game coming up. Yeah. And, and and again, what, what the fans think in a, is a rivalry and what the players think is a rivalry may be two different things, but they definitely, like you said, Bond has this game circled. You know, we, we didn't, you know, we can go back and listen to the tapes from previous, but it didn't seem like that San Jose game was circled for this team. So this is definitely something where you're right. This is one of the few first games that we can remember in recent memory that the Galaxy are coming in kind of feeling themselves and being the quote unquote better team. Uh, and 
I, I said that this is an opportunity without their DP, with their coach on the hot seat for the Galaxy to demore, and you said it's a demoralize their opponent. But that actually is what makes me feel uneasy because where have the Galaxy struggled against the Colorado against Colorado Colorado's had a good season, but uh, against the Vancouver Whitecaps, against um, uh, San Jose's, that's where they, they've struggled is against those kind of lower level opponents. So that's what makes me nervous, and just kind of the karma of you know when the Galaxy were not on their best, that's when they won these rivalry games. So now that they're actually doing well, maybe they lose and give, you know, the rival. I just, you, you could never feel good about it, uh, which kind of leads us uh, to 538. And 538 has LAFC as a heavy favorite. Uh, they have LAFC with a 62% chance to win, giving the Galaxy only a 17% chance to win, and then 21% for a draw. But that, out of the whole MLS slate this weekend, they're giving LAFC the biggest margin uh, a victory, which seems odd given the recent form of both teams. And I don't know if that's your your roulette theory that it's just going to, maybe they're expecting it to go on the other side. But that was shocking to me is that LAFC is such a heavy favorite on 538 and on a lot of the betting sites. I will say that um, a lot of those sites still value LAFC. If, as you looked at the stats and sort of, you know, the the different indexes and how you look at LAFC, they, they continue to think that LAFC is, I mean, look how long it took the MLS like power rankings to finally come to yeah. reality, right? Um, you know, you can look at the team that's underperforming. You could call them unlucky. Um, and, well, Greg, and Greg Vanny said this even during today. He said, you know, you always have to be careful of them. He goes, yes, they've had meltdowns and they've had these little moments which have given up goals. He goes, but they've also not scored. And it looks like they've had chances to score and they haven't converted those chances. And he goes, and if you don't do that, you won't win games. He goes, but that could change in a matter of a second where get, you know, all of a sudden they can start finding the back of the net. And this could be lopsided, too. Yeah. And, and I think that goes back to further your point. The, a lot of those charts are based on XG and 538. XG is like the, you know, it's, it's pure gold in 538 world. So it, when you talk about them being one of the higher XG teams, that makes sense why they have them heavily favored, but still to have them as the biggest favorite of all the games this weekend, it's a bit shocking, especially given that uh, LAFC's recent form. So no respect. Uh, if you're betting, if you're a betting person, this might be an opportunity for you to make some money by uh, betting the quote unquote underdog this weekend. Yeah, uh, they are. They are the underdog and that's just fine. Uh, I, I think yeah. the Galaxy would would absolutely relish that. Partic- if you look at it that way, Eric, what are you worried about? Everybody thinks LAFC is going to win this game, right? Lose, yeah. Got nothing to lose. Go out there and you play it. This is Patrick goes. This game is a must win. No, it's not. But it would. <laughs> it, again, the opportunity that it allows is huge, and you can't underestimate that. Um, and if you come out and you see an LA Galaxy team that is flat in emotion or in performance. Um, you know, especially after Vanny has focused so heavily on defense, I expect this is a defensive battle like you have not seen in these games. I imagine myself, I imagine this is a one nothing, one one, two one game. It's going to be a one goal game, and I don't think anybody gets more than two goals. I don't think LAFC has scored more than two go- scored two yeah, goals they, or more in like recent time awesome. either. Yeah, their offense is is not clicking. XG be damned, but it's it, I don't who's I don't know where the goals are going to come from on their end. I better knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, now that I've said that out loud, but you're right for what you're saying. Um, if Vanny wants to preach defense, I could picture you know a low scoring game, but in my heart, I just see LAFC coming in wounded without their DP. The Galaxy have not had one of those beat the brakes off of you games against LAFC. You know, is this the is this the five zero? Is this the 
you know, the six one, is this, is this the one where it just gets totally ridiculous and out of hand and you really bury them? I I'd love to see that. So I, I could see, I could see, and I, the crazy thing is I could see that happening. I could yeah. see them going in and just, you know, totally catching an LAFC team that's wounded and that's not feeling themselves and not responding to their coach and just, and just, and, you know, and Gal, and Greg Vanny, who is going to have his players, you know, fired up and ready to play. And the players are going to be excited and, and re- knowing that there's a rest coming after this. So they know that they can, they don't have to reserve their energy. They could just leave it all on the field. Uh, you know, I'm seeing Aaron with a hundred, hundred to zero LA galaxy. That's, you know, that seems, that's what that I seems want to see. No, nothing, nothing less than that. So in, in my heart, I just, I would love to see a victory like that. What do they say with rivalry games? You throw out the records. It doesn't matter. Everything. It's, yeah, and and exactly. even Jonathan Bond said, you know, it's probably more of the human emotion than anything else. It's being human. He goes, if we could bottle up the same effort, this was interesting. I'll, I'll paraphrase, but I'll get pretty close. He said, if we could bottle up the effort that you're able to put together in Derby games and rivalry games, um, and have that for every single game that you play, he goes, we'd be robots and not human. He goes that's why in these games you get to see the human condition more yeah. than anything else so um i i just again it, it, it's it's sometimes it's about who wants it more and if you can find a team who wants it more this could be a sloppy game you know again i say it's going to be tight defensively and then i say oh well, it's going to be sloppy too it, it could be very sloppy too i mean i could just see yellow cards flying um anything is possible in these games which is why you say it so um you've given the 538 uh i said this game is a one nothing one one game i'm gonna say if, if I'm nailing it <clears throat> down, maybe 1-1. One, one. Maybe this game is a 1-1 one, one draw, um, which is not oh, horrible. Not I know. Safe. I know. But at, at the same time, I just I don't see either, either of these teams being able to assert themselves yet. I think if the Galaxy had Chicharito back, I think, hey, maybe they're going to find some click with with uh, Jovalich mm-hmm. in there. You know, uh, Ravellison maybe is going to find some, some space in places that he hasn't been uh, before. So you can say all of that. Um, and that could be the difference. Like one player really could be the difference in this game because I actually see these games, these teams as pretty equal in terms of how they play right now and how they're playing right now. And so it takes, if one can take a step forward, they'll have the advantage. If one takes a step back, they're going to give the advantage to the other team. It's going to be, if the galaxy can come out and play their game, they should win this game. Um, so, but, but I just, I feel like there's a mistake in both of these teams. So one, (laughs) one there. I, I, you're right. I, I'm there. I could picture a mistake. So I, I don't think the Galaxy are going to come out of here with a clean sheet. Yeah, I, even after saying uh, I'm unsure of where the LAFC goals will come from, but I'll I'll give XG a little bit of credit that they'll get a goal. But y- you said it and you kind of it's, it's scary that we're on the same wavelength. I think this is one of those games where it could be where a player makes his name. This could be the Jovalich game, the Cabral game, the Grand Sur game, you know, the one where a player, you know, gets a hat trick or, or, you know, gets two goals and assist and makes, you know, the legit over the head bicycle against LAFC. This could be one of those games. So, you know, I, I'm picturing like a three, one, I think the galaxy can walk away with three points here. And I think this could be one of those players who we've been waiting to have a breakout game. I think this could be the breakout game. It's Grand Guaranteed Sur. to be wrong. It's Grand, Guaranteed it's Grand Sur is going to, is going to finally he, start he, finding. He will not hit the post. They will Please. all go in. <laughs> so I, someone had a great tweet oh, and I, yep, I, I, I know apologize. which one you're talking about. It was, you know, if it was a crossbar challenge, you know, Grand Sear would have it won on his own, but he leads the team in shots. Yes. So it's not from lack of effort, you know, so I, I could, this could be the Grand Sear game. This, I, if I'm feeling it. This is the, where the legend is born, yeah. where he, where he goes full <laughs> Roman Alessandrini, right? This is, yeah. this is where he, uh, he slides into that. So, all right. Uh, that's where it is. LA galaxy, uh, and, uh, traveling to LAFC bank of California stadium. That game again, 4 PM, 408 PM kickoff. This is, on Big Fox, FOX Big Fox. That's where we're at. All right. Anything else, Eric? Or are you good and we can get out of here? No, I'm good. As Rob Stone likes to call it, Bart Simpson Fox. I, you know, I like that. The Fox is right. Broken clock is right uh, two times a day. Yeah, that's right. It is. All right. Tell people where they can find you. Let's go. 
All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You could also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P R O F O U L. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can find all of our writing. Larry has a new article that should be up either tonight or tomorrow morning. Check that out. He'll have his notebook ready. Galaxy getting ready for a game against LAFC coming up on Saturday. El Trafico is back. Be safe. Be fun. Have a great one. For Eric, the Portuguese Hammer, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes. Stitcher and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>